This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. It's Zoomer Radio's Theater of the Mind with Frank Proctor. Open your mind as we fill your head with amazing thrills, chills, <laughs> and laughs. Theater of the Mind, the best love programs from radio's golden age, only on Zoomer Radio. Now, here is your master storyteller, Frank Proctor. Well, thank you, and welcome to the show on this All Hallows' Eve. Now, traditionally, we look for scary shows to present on this night of all scary nights. You're in luck, my friends. Tonight, Agnes Moorhead stars in one of the scariest, most spine-chilling episodes of suspense theater. Moorhead's early career was unsteady, and although she was able to find stage work, she was often unemployed. She later recalled going for four days without food and said it taught her the value of a dollar. She found work in radio and was soon in demand often working on several programs in a single day. She believed that it offered her excellent training and allowed her to develop her voice to create a variety of characterizations. Moorhead met actress Helen Hayes, who encouraged her to enter films, but her first attempts were met with failure. When she was rejected as not being the right type, Moorhead returned to radio. She met Orson Welles, and by 1937, she was one of his principal Mercury players, along with Joseph Cotton. She performed in his The Mercury Theater of the Air radio adaptations and had a regular role opposite Welles in the serial The Shadow as Margot Lane. By the mid-1940s, Moorhead became an MGM contract player, negotiating, now get this, $6,000 a week contract with the provision to perform also on radio, an unusual clause at the time. And hey, six grand a week in the early 1940s. That was some paycheck. Moorhead was one of the most in-demand actresses for radio dramas, especially on the CBS show Suspense. During the 946-episode run of Suspense, Moorhead was cast in more episodes than any other actor or actress. She was often introduced on the show as the first lady of suspense. Her most successful appearance on suspense was the play Sorry, Wrong Number, the show we're about to hear. Moorhead plays a selfish, neurotic woman who overhears a murder being plotted across crossed phone lines and eventually realizes she is the intended victim. She recreated the performance six times for suspense and several times on other radio shows, always using her original dog-eared script. So here she is, once again, Agnes Moorhead in Sorry, Wrong Number. The Roma Wine Company of Fresno, California presents... Suspense! Tonight, in response to requests from many thousands of listeners, Roma Wines bring you the Metro-Golden-Mayer star, Miss Agnes Moorhead, in Sorry, Wrong Number, a suspense play produced, edited, and directed for Roma Wines by William Spear.
Operator, I've been dialing Murray Hill 40098 now for the last three quarters of an hour, and the line is always busy. I don't see how it could be busy that long. Will you try it for me, please? I will be glad to try that number for you. One moment, please. I don't see how it could be busy all this time. It's my husband's office. He's working late tonight, and I'm all alone here in the house. My health is very poor, and I've been feeling so nervous all day. Bringing Murray Hill 40098. Hello? Hello, is Mr. Stevenson there? Hello? 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 George? Yes, sir, this is George speaking. Hello? Who's this? What number am I calling, uh, please? Uh, I'm here with our client. Oh, good. Is everything okay? Is the coast clear for tonight? Yes, George. He says the coast is clear for tonight. Okay, okay. Where are you now? In a phone booth. Don't worry, everything's okay. Very well. You know the address. Yes, I know, I know. Let's see now. At uh, 11 o'clock, the private patrolman goes around to the bar on 2nd Avenue for a beer. That's right, 11 o'clock. Okay. And be sure that all the lights downstairs are out. There should be only one light visible from the street. Okay, okay. What's that? Oh, just a minute, George. Oh, our client tells me that at 11.15, a train crosses the bridge. It makes a noise in case her window is open and she should scream. Hello? What number is this, please? Okay, I understand. That's uh, 11.15, the train, huh? Yeah. Do you remember everything else, George? Yeah, yeah. I'll make it quick, as little blood as possible, because our client does not wish to make her suffer long. Huh? That's right. You'll use a knife? Yes, a knife will be okay. Then afterwards, I remove the rings and the bracelets and the jewelry in the bureau drawer because our client wishes it to look like a simple robbery. <laughs> Don't worry, everything's okay. I know. Oh, how awful. How unspeakably awful. Your call, please. Operator, I, I, I've just been cut off. I'm sorry, what number were you calling? Why, it was supposed to be Murray Hill 40098, but it wasn't. Some wires must have got crossed. I was cut into a wrong number, and I, I, I've just heard the most dreadful thing, something about a murder. And, Operator, you'll simply have to retrace that call at once. I, I beg your pardon? Uh, may I help you? Oh, I, I know it was a wrong number, and I had no business listening, but these two men, they were cold-blooded fiends, and they were going to murder somebody, some poor, innocent woman who was all alone in a house near a bridge. A and we've got to stop them. we just got to. What number are you calling? Well, that doesn't matter. This was a wrong number, and you dialed it for me, and we've got to find out what it was immediately. What number did you call? Oh, why are you so stupid? What, what time is it? You mean to tell me you can't find out what that number was just now? I'll connect you with the chief operator. Oh, I think it's perfectly shameful. Now, now, look. Look, it was obviously a case of some little slip of the finger. I, I told you to try Murray Hill 40098 for me. You dialed it, but your finger must have slipped, and I was connected with some other number. And I could hear them, but they couldn't hear me. Now, I simply fail to see why you couldn't make that same mistake again on purpose. Why you couldn't try to dial Murray Hill 40098 in the same sort of careless way. Murray Hill 40098, I will try to get it for you. Well, thank you. 
Hawaii, Murray Hill 40098 is busy. I will call you in... Operator! Operator! Your call, please. You didn't try to get that wrong number at all. I asked you explicitly, and all you did was dial correctly. I am sorry. What number are you calling? Well, can't you for once forget what number I'm calling and do something for me? Now, I I want to trace that call. It's my civic duty and it's your civic duty to trace that call and apprehend those dangerous killers. And if you won't... I will connect you with the chief operator. Well, please... Operator. Oh, uh, Chief Operator, I want you to trace a call, a, a telephone call, immediately. I, I don't know where it came from or who was making it, but it's absolutely necessary that it be tracked down because it was about a murder that someone's planning, a, a, a terrible, cold-blooded murder of a poor, innocent woman tonight at 11.15. I see. Uh, uh, can you trace it for me? Can you track down those men? Well, I'm not certain. It depends. Depends on what? It depends on whether the call is still going on. If it's a live call, we can trace it on the equipment. If it's been disconnected, we can't. Disconnected? If the parties have stopped talking to each other. Oh, but of course they must have stopped talking to each other by now. That was at least five minutes ago, and they didn't sound like the type who would make a long call. Well, I can try tracing it. May I have your name, please? Mrs. Stevenson. Mrs. Albert Stevenson. Uh, and your telephone number, please. Plaza 32098. But, but if you go on wasting all Why this time... Why do you t- want this call traced, please? Why? Oh, no reason. I I mean, I I merely felt very strongly that something ought to be done about it. These men sounded like killers. They're they're dangerous. They're going to murder this woman at 11.15 tonight, and I I thought the police ought to know. Have you reported this to the police? Well, no, not yet. You want this call checked purely as a private individual? Yes, yes, but meanwhile... I'm sorry, Mrs. Stevenson, but I'm afraid we couldn't make this check for you and trace the call... Just on your say-so as a private individual. We'd have to have something more official. Oh, for heaven's sake. You mean to tell me I can't report that there's going to be a murder without getting tied up in all this red tape? Why, it's perfectly idiotic. Well, all right, all right, I'll call the police. Thank you. I'm sure that would be the best way to do it. It's ridiculous. Curse such nonsense. Your call, please. The police department. Get me the police department, please. Thank you. Ringing the police department. Oh, can't can't you ring them direct? It's time. Police station, Uh, precinct 43, Sergeant Martin speaking. Police department, Uh, this is Mrs. Stevenson. Mrs. Albert Smythe Stevenson of 53 North Sutton Place. I'm calling up to report a murder. I mean, the murder hasn't been committed yet, but I just uh, overheard plans for it over the telephone, over a wrong number that the operator gave me. I've been trying to trace down the call myself, but everybody is so stupid, and I guess in the end you're the only people who could do anything. Yes, ma'am. It was a perfectly definite murder. I heard their plans distinctly. Two men were talking, and they were going to murder some woman at 11.15 tonight. She lived in a house near a bridge. Are, Are you listening to me? Uh, oh, yes, and, yes, and, and there was a private patrolman on the street. He was going to go around for a beer on 2nd Avenue. And, and there was some third man, a client, who was paying to have this poor woman murdered. They were going to take her rings and bracelets and, and, and use a knife. Well, it, it's unnerved me dreadfully, and I'm not well. Yeah. Uh, uh, yes, I see. Uh, well, when uh, was all this, ma'am? About eight minutes ago. Oh, then you can do something you do understand. What's your name, ma'am? Mrs. Stevenson. Mrs. Albert Stevenson. And your address? 5353 North Sutton Place. 
That's near a bridge, the Queensboro Bridge, you know. A- and we have a private patrolman on yeah. our street. And the Second Avenue is uh, the next... And uh, uh, what uh, was that number you were calling? Murray Hill 40098. But that wasn't the number I overheard. I mean, Murray Hill 40098 is my husband's office. Mm. He's working late tonight, and I was trying to reach him to ask him to come home. Yeah. I'm an invalid, you know, and it's the maid's night off, and I hate to be alone, even though he says yeah, I'm well, perfectly you... safe as long as I have the telephone right beside my bed. Well, uh, we'll look into it, Miss Stevenson, and uh, see if we can check it with the telephone company. But the telephone company said they couldn't check the call with the parties that stopped talking. I've already taken care of that. Oh, you have? Yes, and personally, I feel you ought to do something far more immediate and drastic than just check the call. What good does checking the call do if they stop talking? By the time you track it down, they'll already have committed yes, the murder. Yeah, well, we'll, uh, we'll take care of it, don't you worry. I'd say the whole thing calls for a search, a complete and thorough search of the whole city. I'm very near the bridge, and I'm not far from 2nd Avenue, and and I know I'd feel a whole lot better if you sent around a radio car to this neighborhood at once. Well, uh, what makes you think the murder is going to be committed in your neighborhood, ma'am? Well, I I, I don't know. Only the coincidence is so horrible. 2nd Avenue is the patrolman, the the bridge? Yeah, well, uh, 2nd Avenue, you know, is a very long street, ma'am, and you know how many bridges there are in the city of New York alone. Not to mention Brooklyn, Staten Island, and Queens and the Bronx. I know all that. How do you know there isn't some little house on Staten Island, on some little Second Avenue you never heard about? How do you know they were even talking about New York at all? But I heard the call on the New York dialing system. Well, maybe it was a long-distance call you overheard. No. You know, telephones are funny things. Now, uh, look, lady, why don't you look at it this way? Supposing you hadn't broken in on that telephone call. Supposing you got your husband the way you always do. You wouldn't be so upset, would you? Well, I, I, I suppose not. Only it sounded so inhuman, so cold-blooded. Well, a lot of murders are plotted in this city every day, ma'am. We manage to prevent almost all of them, but a clue this kind is so vague. There's much more use to us, no clue at all. But surely you can... Unless you have some reason for thinking this call was phony and that someone may be planning to murder you. Me? Oh, no. No, I hardly think so. I, I'm, I mean, why should anybody... Well, I'm alone all day and night. I, I see nobody except my maid, Eloise. She's a big 200-pounder. Yeah. She's too lazy to bring up my breakfast tray. And mm-hmm. the only other person is my husband, Albert. He's crazy about me. He adores me. He waits on me hand and foot and mm-hmm. has scarcely left my side since I took sick 12 years ago. Yeah, well, uh, then there's uh, nothing for you to worry about. And now if uh, you'll just leave the rest of this to us, we'll take care of it. But what will you do? It's so late. It's nearly 11 now. We'll take care of it, lady. Well, will you broadcast it all over the city and... and, and and, and, and warn your radio cars to watch out, especially in suspicious neighborhoods like mine. Well, lady, I said we'd take care of it. Now, uh, I've got a couple of other matters here on my desk that require immediate attention. So good night, ma'am, and thank you. Oh, you, you idiot. So oh. oh, why did I hang up the phone like that? Now he'll think I am a fool. <laughs> oh, why doesn't Albert come home? Why doesn't he? The operator again. Oh. Your call, please. Operator, for heaven's sake, will you ring that Murray Hill 40098 number again? I can't think what's keeping him so long. I will try it for you. Oh. I'm 
sorry, Murray Hill 40098 is busy. I will call I you. I can hear it. You don't have to tell me. I know it's busy. Oh. <laughs> if I could only get out of this bed for a little while. If I could get a breath of fresh air or just lean out of the window and see the street. Hello? Albert? Hello? 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 Oh, what's the matter with his phone? Hello? 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 Oh, for heaven's sake, who is this? Hello? 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 with this telephone tonight, but it's positively driving me crazy. I've never seen such inefficient, miserable service. Now, look. Look, I'm an invalid, and I'm very nervous, and I'm not supposed to be annoyed. But if this keeps on much longer... What seems to be the trouble? Well, everything's wrong. I haven't had one bit of satisfaction out of one call I've made this evening. The whole world could be murdered for all you people care. And now, my phone keeps ringing and ringing and ringing and ringing every five seconds or so, and when I pick it up, there's no one there. I am sorry. If you will hang up, I will test it for you. I don't want you to test it for me. I want you to put that call through, whatever it is, at once. I'm afraid I cannot do that. You can't? And why? Why, may I ask? The dial system is automatic. If someone is trying to dial your number, there is no way to check whether the call is coming through the system or not unless the person who is trying to reach you complains to his particular operator. Well, of all the stupid... And meanwhile, I've got to sit here in my bed suffering every time that phone rings, imagining everything. I will try to check the trouble for you, madam. Check it, check it. That's all anybody can do. Oh, what's the use of talking to you? You're so stupid. I'll fix her. Molly, impudent. How dare she speak to me like that? How dare she speak to me like that? No satisfaction out of anybody. Your call, please. Young woman, I don't know your name, but there are ways of finding you out. And I'm going to report you to your superiors for the most unpardonable rudeness and insolence that has ever been my privilege. Give me the business office at once. You may dial that number direct. Dial it direct? I'll do no such thing. I don't even know the number. The number is in the directory, or you may secure it by dialing... Listen here, you... Oh, what's the use? <laughs> oh, for heaven's sake, I'm going out of my mind, out of my mind. Oh, hello. Stop ringing. Do you hear? Answer me. Who is this? You realize you're driving me crazy? Who's calling me? What are you doing it for? Now stop it. Stop it. Stop it, I say. Hello. Hello. If you don't stop ringing, I'm going to call the police. Do you hear? The police. <laughs> oh. If Albert would only come home. <laughs> oh, let it ring. Let it go. I'd ring It's a trick of some kind. I won't answer it. I won't answer it. I won't. Even if it goes on ringing all night, I won't answer it. I won't answer it. <laughs> now, now what's the matter? Why do they stop ringing all of a sudden? What time is it? Where's my clock? Where is it? Five to eleven. They decided something. They sure I'm home. They've heard my voice answering them just now. That's why they've been ringing me. Why no one has answered me? Oh. Oh. Oh, where is she? Where is she? Why doesn't she answer? Oh. 
Your call, please. Where were you just now? Why didn't you answer at once? Give me the police department. The police department can't be busy. There must be other lines available. The line is busy. I will try to get them for you later. No, no, I've got to speak to them now. It may be too late. I've, I've got to talk to someone. What number do you wish to speak to? I don't know, but there must be someone to protect people beside the police department. A, a, a detective agency. And... You will find agencies listed in the classified directory. But I don't have a classified. I mean, I'm too nervous to look it up, and I, I don't know how to use the book. I... I will connect you with information. Perhaps she will be able to help you. No, no. Oh, you're being spiteful, aren't you? You don't care, do you, what happens to me? I could die, and you wouldn't care. Oh, stop it. Stop it. I can't stand anymore. Hello, what do you want? Stop ringing, will you? Stop it. Hello, is this Plaza 32099? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Yes, I, I'm sorry. This is Plaza 32099. This is Western Union. I have a telegram here for Mrs. Albert Stevenson. Is there anyone there to receive the message? I... I am Mrs. Stevenson. The telegram is as follows. Mrs. Albert Stevenson, 53 North Sutton Place, New York, New York. Darling, terribly sorry. Tried to get you for last hour, but line busy. Leaving for Boston, 11 p.m. tonight on urgent business. Back tomorrow afternoon. Keep happy. Love, signed Albert. Oh, no. Do you wish us to deliver a copy of the message? No. No, thank you. Thank you, madam. Good night. Good night. No. Oh, no. I don't believe it. He couldn't do it. He couldn't do it. Not when he knows I'll be all alone. It's some trick. It's some trick. Some fiendish trick. I know it. Your call, please. Operator. Try that Murray Hill 40098 number for me just once more, please. You may dial that number direct. Oh. Albert, how could you? How could you? <laughs> oh, but I can't be alone tonight. I can't. If I'm alone one more second, I'll go mad. I don't care what he says or what the expense is. I'm a sick woman. I'm entitled to some consideration. <laughs> telephone number of Henchley Hospital. Henchley Hospital? Do you have the street address? No. No, it's somewhere in the 70s. It's a very small, private, and exclusive hospital where I had my appendix out two years ago. Henchley. H-E-N-C-H-L. please. Please hurry. And please, what is the time? You may find out the time by dialing Meridian 71212. Oh, for heaven's sake, I've no time to be dialing. The number of Henchley Hospital is Butterfield 89970. <laughs> You. Oh. 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 Hensley Hospital, good evening. Nurses Registry. 
Uh, who was it you wished to speak to, please? I want the nurse's registry at once. I want a trained nurse. I want to hire her immediately for the night. I see. And uh, what is the nature of the case, madam? Nerves. I'm very nervous. I need soothing and companionship. You see, my husband is away, and I'm... Uh, have you been recommended to us by any doctor in particular, madam? No, but I really don't see why all this catechizing is necessary. I want a trained nurse. I was a patient in your hospital two years ago, and after all, I do expect to pay this person for attending me. We quite understand that, madam. But these are war times, you know. I... Registered nurses are very scarce just now, and our superintendent has asked us to send people out only on cases where the physician in charge feels it is absolutely necessary. Well, it is absolutely necessary. I'm a sick woman. I'm, I'm very upset, very. I'm alone in this house, and I'm an invalid, and, and tonight I overheard a telephone conversation that upset me dreadfully. A, a woman's going to be killed when a tra in, in fact, if someone doesn't come at once, I'm afraid I'll go out of my mind. I see. Well, uh, I'll speak to Miss Phillips as soon as she comes in. Uh, what is your name, Miss madam? Miss Phillips. And, and when do you expect her in? I really couldn't say. She went out to supper at 11 o'clock. 11 o'clock? Oh, it, it's not 11 yet. Oh, oh, my clock has stopped. I thought it was running down. What time is it? Just 15 minutes past 11. What? What was that? What was what, madam? That, that click just now in my own telephone. As though someone has lifted the receiver off the hook, off the extension telephone downstairs. I didn't hear it, madam. Now, about... But I the... did! There's someone in this house. Someone downstairs in the kitchen. And they're listening to me now. They're listening... I won't pick it up. I won't. I won't let them hear me. I'll be quiet and they'll think. But if I don't call someone now, while they're still down there, there'll be no time Call, please. Operator, I'm I'm in desperate trouble. I I'm sorry, I cannot hear you. Please speak louder. I I, there's someone listening. Can you hear me now? I am sorry. But you've got to hear me. Please, please, you've got to help me. There's someone in this house. Someone who's going to murder me, and you've got to get in touch with it. There it is. There it is. He's put it down. He's put down the extension phone. He's coming upstairs. He's he's coming up the stairs. Give me the police department. The police department. One moment, please. I will connect you. Okay. Please. Oh, no. 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 Police Department, uh, well, I'm sorry. Must have got the wrong number. Don't worry. Everything's okay. And so closes Sorry, Wrong Number, starring Agnes Moorhead. Tonight's tale of Suspense. Suspense is produced and directed by William Spear. Don't forget then next Monday, same time, for Michelle Morgan, Philip Dorn, with George Coloris in Suspense.
Suspense. Presented by Roma Wines. Made in California for enjoyment throughout the world. Stay tuned for Richard Diamond, Private Detective, next on Theater of the Mind. You're listening to Theater of the Mind on Zoomer Radio, AM 740 at 96.7 FM in downtown Toronto. Time now for Richard Diamond, Private Detective. Dick Powell, transcribed as Richard Diamond, Private Detective. My name's Diamond, and like a lot of working people, at five o'clock in the afternoon, I get pretty anxious for six o'clock to roll around, especially if I haven't had a client for the last three days. But even if I don't expect anyone to drop in before six, I can't take a chance, so I stare out of my office window on 53rd Street just to kill time. I see the night starting to muscle in on the Broadway bright lights, and I wonder just how many prospective clients are out in the city. Who's getting in trouble? What kind of trouble? And will they come to Richard Diamond for guidance? Now, take the two hard-looking thugs in the downtown hotel room as they watch a pretty blonde hurriedly get into a flashy mink coat. They're going to need plenty of guidance. Where you going, Dottie? I got an appointment. Uh, don't you think you ought to stick around just in case the contact comes in? If it ain't here by now, it won't be until tomorrow. Now stop looking like a couple of anxious bloodhounds. Relax. Sure, Dottie, sure. Uh, but you really cannot blame us for being a little disquieted. <laughs> don't she look classy, Al? Hey, who are you going to roll tonight, doll face? Your grandmother. Oh, ain't she out of Alcatraz yet? Hey, I, I don't like no cracks about my family. Well, what are you going to do, Stan? People stop by the zoo every day. Yeah. Now, please, no legomachy. Yeah, no log- Yeah. You keep running off at the mouth like that, baby, and you'll be spitting out all your teeth. Yeah, well, when you kick off, Stan, don't try to sell your body to science. I'll never get both heads in that bottle. Oh, you love... Please. Please. I'm, I'm, I'm going to hit... Please. Yeah. Please. Leave us, Dottie. And Stanley, you shut your big mouth before I shove my foot in it. Go on, Dottie. I think you had better make a hurried percolation. What? Beat it. Oh, Al, why didn't you let me mess her up a little? She's always acting like she's got a family background. I do not know whether her family had anything to do with it, but it is a very nice background to gaze at. Now shut your ugly face and let us start tailing her. Tailing her? What for? I think she is up to something. Yeah, well, sure she is, but I don't want to get booked as a peeping Tom. <laughs> Stan, you are a melon head. I think she is going to try a cross. Florida has not never been late with the numbers before. It, you think she's going to pick up the bundle and skip? No. I just want to see what she does with her evenings. Oh, well, I can tell you that. She... Stanley, please, you arouse my irascibility. Oh, I'm sorry, Aloysius. <laughs> Evening, Glenda. Oh, hello, Horace. Times. You look tired. Hard day at the office? I stayed home. My wife's well. Mm. Here's the Times. Yeah, thanks. Good night, Glenda. Good night. Papers. Evening papers. Have you got a light edition? Why, yes, right here, dearie. You got it? 
Yeah, in the purse. Put it down on the counter and look through the paper. Okay. Paper! Evening paper! What do you want me to do with the purse? Keep it till I meet you at the train. Sure, honey. It's good to be working again, ain't it, Dottie? I gotta go. They usually got a tail on me. I'll see you tomorrow morning. Relax. We're in the chips. Paper! Evening paper! Uh, paper, sir? No, but I will take that purse. Purse? Oh, why, that nice young lady must have left it on the counter when she looked at the paper. Please, just extend your agent index and shove it over here. Why, I can't do that. He belongs to that young lady. Oh, look, it would make me very unhappy to have to shove all those nice old wrinkles around, but I am in need to possess one patent letter handbag. Now, if you will kindly move it my approximate latitude, you old bat, we can dispense with all... Why, you poor excuse for a lowbrow gun if... Madam. For two cents, I'd wrap a lead sap across your flat head. Well, hello, Glenda. Hello. How's, oh. how's business? Oh, Officer Quine. Aren't you on a little late? <laughs> yes, uh, I've been changed to the six o'clock beat. Well, good evening, sir. Uh, yeah, lovely. Uh, good evening, officer. Say, haven't I seen you somewhere before? Uh, hardly. I reside in Flatbush. Well, thank you, Mother. I do not see anything I want. There. Goodbye. <laughs> he doesn't see anything he wants. What does he think you're running? At a drugstore there? <laughs> hey, Al, I saw a cop. I am proud of you, Stanley. Huh? Now let us hurry around this corner. What, you think Dot and the old dame are cooking up something together? Stop here so we can watch the old dame. Stanley, to put it in your words, yeah. I think they are cooking up something. Oh, you figure she slipped the old girl the numbers? Your perception astounds even my to. Hey, observe. Oh, yeah. Your grandma is taking off and leaving the cop behind to watch the papers. She's going in that building. She's got the purse. Stanley, stay yeah. here and await my return. Okay, but uh, my feet are beginning to hurt. Go in a drugstore, purchase some Blue Jays. I shall be right back with the purse. Mr. Diamond. Well, hello, Glenda. Come in, pull up a rocking chair. Well, that's the way it begins. Sometimes when you wait around until the last minute, you get a customer. I wasn't too happy about this one because I knew she didn't have enough money to hire a tramp to spot cigarette butts. I haven't got much time. I've got Officer Quine watching my paper stand. Officer Quine? You should be happy you aren't selling fruit. He's already got his thumbprint and every apple in Yonkers. Mr. Diamond, I found this purse. Ah, uh, found it, Glenda? Oh, you know me, Mr. Diamond. I'm going straight now. I remember a snake that said that once. He broke his back. Honest, I haven't been doing that kind of business since I got out. Well, what can I do for you, Glenda? I'm broke. Oh, it's not a touch. I want you to find the owner of this purse and return it. Why don't you give it to Officer Quine? Well, there's no money in it. And with my record, he'd sure run me in for purse snatching. No money, huh? Oh, no. No, I didn't touch a thing. Just uh, took a peek, maybe. Oh, yeah. <laughs> the young girl left it on my counter. If you find her, you can ask her. I didn't touch a thing. Okay, I'll see what I can do. Oh, thank you, Mr. Diamond. Goodbye. Keep your nose clean. Oh, I will. She'd keep her nose clean, all right. In a glass of gin. I'd known old Glenda ever since she started working bunco rackets and got put away for two to five. I was sure she'd lifted the dough from the purse, but I opened it and went through it anyway. 
I was just kicking myself for telling her I'd try to dig up its owner when the door opened and an ugly-looking mug wearing alligator spats walked up to my desk. You should be ashamed looking in someone else's place. It's a bad habit, like not knocking on doors. Oh, it said on the door to come in. How long did you have to wait before someone came by to read it to you? May I please have the place? Oh, is it yours? Yes. Well, I didn't notice the wedges. Give up high heels? You are a very poor comic. Now, may I have the purse, or must I make you bleed? Oh, oh, it's like that. Well, sure, here it is. Thank you. <gasps> and something to go with it. Oh. I caught him with one that made my arm feel good clear up to my shoulder. His eyes rolled back, and he went down faster than the celluloid collar on the flagpole. I looked at the black purse and started getting that lousy feeling again. I'd gotten into something, and it was beginning to smell already. So I called the 5th Precinct Police Station and an old friend, Lieutenant Levinson. Homicide, Sergeant Otis. Hello, Otis. Let me talk to the lieutenant. Is this Diamond? No, it's platoon number three of the Brownies, 300 strong. Now let me talk to the lieutenant. Hey, what are you going to do with all those tired jokes and you run out? Give them away to idiots. You want to start a collection? Uh, lieutenant Levinson. Hello, Walt. Diamond. Oh, wait a minute. Otis! Otis! Yeah, Where'd you put the bicarbonate? Oh, uh, hold it a minute, Rick. Get me some water, Otis. Go ahead, Rick. I can stand it for a second. If you didn't get so excited, you wouldn't have to take that stuff. Here you are, Lieutenant. Never need this stuff until you call. Now, who's dead? Uh, nobody, but there's a guy in my office lying on the floor. He's dead. He's got to be. No, he isn't, Walt. I just belted him in the mouth when he tried to get rough. Uh, wait a minute. Wait a minute. He's trying to wake up. Groan for the nice policeman. Uh, oh. You hear him, Walt? Okay, so some guy got tired and went to sleep on your floor. What do you want me for? Uh, hold it a second, Walt. He's getting a little too active. What did you do? I kissed him goodnight. What did you do that for? Well, I've seen him somewhere. I think he's wanted. Oh, well, hang on to him. I'll send the wagon down. The door will be open. I'll fix it so he doesn't get away. Wait a minute, Rick. Where are you going? Well, about five minutes ago, an old dame hands me a black patent leather purse and asks me to find the owner. Right afterwards, this cultured gorilla wanders in and says the purse belongs to him. Oh, what's in it? Nothing much. A compact, book of matches, and a handkerchief. Mmm, smells nice. No money? No. Oh, uh, I gotta stop by Helen Ashes for a minute, and then I'm gonna find out what makes this purse so valuable. Say hello to Helen for me. Sure thing. Bye, Walt. Be a good boy. Goodbye. <laughs> I got a rope out of my desk that I hung my socks on when I had time to wash them and tied the sleeping Garnet to a chair. I didn't know much about pocketbooks, but I knew someone who did, so I headed for 975 Park Avenue and a beautiful redhead named Helen Asher. Oh, good evening, Mr. Diamond. Good evening, Francis. Is Miss Asher in? Yes, sir. She's in the study. Shall I announce you? No, just dig up something that'll get me back on my feet. I'll let myself in. Yes, sir. Uh, Mr. Diamond. Yes, Francis? If you'll pardon me for saying so, sir, but I just love the way you talk. Well, thank you, Francis. Eaton, 98. Majored in Sloyd. Oh, oh, my goodness, you're pulling my leg again. Anyone home? Rick, you got here. Hi. Hi. Well... Since when did you start carrying a purse? Like it? Matches my complexion. Oh, you idiot. Take a look. Whose is it? Mm, Got to find out. It's worth something. One guy already tried to get it the hard way. Cigarette? Oh, thanks. It's got some initials on it. 
D.K. There's nothing valuable in it. I know. That's what I can't understand. Got a match? Here's some in the purse. Thanks. Here. Hmm. Adams Hotel. Flop house with sheets. Compact's never been used. My darling. Well, thanks. The perfume and the handkerchief, silly. It's my darling. Oh. Ah, don't look so hurt. So are you. Well, come here. (laughs) Here's your drink, Mr. Dab. Oh, my goodness. Oh, that's all right, Francis. I was just trying to convince your boss we should take in the wrestling matches. My Francis, you're blushing. Oh, pardon me. Miss Asher's residence. Yes, sir. One moment, sir. It's for you, Mr. Dam. No, oh, thank you, Francis. I'll see if the dinner is ready, Miss Helen. Oh? You get right down here. What? Lieutenant Levinson. Get down here to the station, Diamond. You're in trouble. Diamond? Wait a minute. Slow down. Not dead, huh? My stomach starts getting back to normal, and you have to knock some guy off. Knock some guy off? I don't know why I should waste time with explanations. I ought to just send notice over there with the wagon, but I like your girlfriend too much. What are you babbling about? I thought you said the guy in your office was still kicking. What? Yeah, somebody made a punch board out of his chest, and I like you for a suspect. Now get down here. Wait a minute, Walt. Somebody shot him? Yeah. If that wasn't what killed him, he died of fright when he saw the bullets coming. Now, I'm not talking anymore till you get here. Make it ten minutes, or I'll have a warrant out for you. Oh, swell. Rick, what's the matter? Oh, that crazy Walt Levinson's got me in line for a murder rap. I gotta go down and square myself. Murder? Rick! Yeah? I'll see you later, baby. But, Rick... I can't wait. I'll get back as soon as I can. If we were married, this wouldn't happen. Rick, you forgot the purse! Francis! Francis! Yes, Miss Asher? Francis, Mr. Diamond forgot this purse. See if you can catch him. He's gone to Lieutenant Levinson's police station. Yes, Miss Asher, do my best. Rick just has got to stop this foolishness. He... Oh, how did you get in here? Who are you? I come in a back way, lady. Uh, where's the shamus? You get out of here. No, just just relax, baby. One yell out of you and you get hurt pretty bad. What? Uh, where's the shamus? He went down to the police station. Okay. Where's the purse? I saw him bring it in. Uh, I don't know. Oh, come on, baby. Or do I shake it out of you? You, you stay away from me. You... Hood. Hood? Where's the purse? I told you I don't know. No, stay away. Okay, but you're making it tough on yourself. Stay away. You stay away from me. With her head tucked underneath her arm, she walks the bloody tower with her head tucked Underneath her arm at the midnight hour. Pardon me, sir. Yes, madam? I believe you have my purse. I beg your pardon, but this purse is the property of Mr. Diamond, private detective. Yes, I know. I gave it to him to hold for me. Well, I'm very sorry, madam, but you'll have to claim it from Mr. Diamond himself. Oh, yeah? Trouble, Mother. He's trying to steal my purse. Help! Oh, yes, huh? Looks just the type. This'll learn you, Romeo. Oh, my. <gasps> Gonna know, lady, will you? Come on, get up and fight it. Hey, lady! Lady! How do you like that? Didn't even say thanks.
I don't care what you say. You told me you had a guy in your office. When my men got there, they found him tied in the chair with three bullet holes in his chest. He was making noises when I left. Some guys do that when they get shot. Oh, stop being an idiot. You know I didn't kill him. Yeah, I know it, but what do I tell the commissioner? That I let you go because you're a friend of mine? Used to be on the force? No, but you don't have to act like I rubbed out the whole west side. Well, I'm mad. I want to retire in five years, and I want to do it with a healthy stomach. Yeah? Lieutenant, Murphy's got some guy out here he picked up for purse snatching. Says he's a friend of Diamonds and wants to see him. Send him in. This can't get any screwer than it is already. I got a purse snatcher who says he knows you. Purse snatcher? Francis. Yes, Mr. Diamond. I, I don't feel so well. That's all, Otis. Isn't he your girlfriend's butler? Yeah. What happened, Francis? Well, sir, I was bringing that purse down to you. That's right. I left it at Helen's. Yes, sir. Well, a little old lady approached me on the street and claimed it belonged to her. What did she look like? She had white hair, and she was wearing an old shawl. I think she'd been drinking gin, sir. Cheap gin. Glenda. Glenda Bergen? Is she the one who gave you the purse? Yeah. And then what happened, Francis? When I wouldn't give her the purse, she started yelling and called me a masher. And some enormous gentleman arrived and clouted me in the jaw. Oh, it was disgusting, sir. And the old lady got the purse? Yes, sir. She ran off, and the enormous gentleman sat on my chest until an officer came and carted me off to this place. Was Miss Helen all right when you left her? Why, yes, sir. You don't think... I don't know. But if they knew I had the purse and spotted me going into Helen's... Here, Rick, use his phone. Thanks. Don't you see, Walt, this whole thing has something to do with that purse. Purse, purse. I've still got a stiff on my hands. Oh, my goodness. Yes? Hello, honey. You all right? Oh. What's the matter? Hi. Please come home. What happened? A man broke into the house looking for that old purse. I told him I didn't know where it was, and he started slapping me. He did, huh? Yes, and I need comforting. Well, honey, I've still got something to do. Lock all the doors until Francis gets back, and I'll be over as soon as I can. All right. Did you get the purse? Francis will tell you all about it. Bye, baby. Bye. Rick, some louse shoved Helen around. Francis, get over there and take care of her. It's all right if he goes, isn't it, Walt? I guess so. Otis, I'm releasing the guy that was picked up for purse snatching. And don't say, yeah, Lieutenant. Okay, Rick. Oh, thank you, sir. Step on it, Francis. Miss Asher needs someone to take care of her. Yes, sir. Walt, give me two hours to find out what this is all about. Are you going after Glenda? Yeah. If she's tied up with this killing, I'd better send some of the boys along. Give me two hours alone. I want to find the guy who shoved Helen around. Okay, Rick. Two hours, and I put in a general alarm for you and the old dame. You know where she lives? I got a shack over near the East River. Thanks, Walt. Otis, let Diamond go and bring me a tablespoon of some water. And Otis, shut up. I grabbed a cab, and 20 minutes later, I was standing at the edge of the East River. The fog was rolling in, and pretty soon, it'd be so thick you could put it in bales. Below me, next to the water, was a line of weather-beaten shacks, and one of them belonged to old Glenda. You want something, Mac? Huh? Oh. Oh, I didn't see you. Uh, does uh, old Glenda live in one of those shacks? Yeah, got one. Got a match? Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, keep them. Thanks. Forget it. No, uh, wait a minute. Huh? Let me see those matches. Hmm. I've forgotten all about them. What's the matter? You collect them or something? These I do. Sorry, pal. You'll have to get some others. Okay, sporty. The inside of the shack looked like a hardware store after a good earthquake. Someone had torn it to pieces, and old Glenda had gotten the same treatment. 
She was lying on the wooden floor staring up at me. She couldn't close her eyes because the rope around her neck was squeezing them open. Is she dead? Huh? I followed you down. Well, hooray for you. The next time you sneak up on somebody, you'll probably end up with a skull fracture. Just wanted to see what was going on. Is she dead? Unless she can breathe through her feet. She's been strangled. Gonna call the cops? No, no. I thought I'd rub her wrists for a while. Now, here's a buck. Call Lieutenant Levinson at the 5th Precinct and tell him what's happened. Sure. Got a nickel? Yeah, here. And tell him I've gone over to the Adams Hotel on 28th Street. My name's Diamond. Good for you. Now step on it. He left in a hurry, and I reached in my pocket and took another look at the book of matches I'd gotten from the black handbag. They were from the Adams Hotel on 28th Street, so I went over there fast. The sleepy night clerk showed me the register, and I found what I was looking for. I remembered the initials on the handbag were D.K. A Dorothy King was registered in room 306. I went upstairs. Yeah? I got a message for you. Slip it under the door. I'm not that skinny. What is it? It's from Glenda. Oh, wait a minute. a lovely gun. Glad you like it. What do you want? I just left Glenda. She's dead. What? Yeah, strangled. How'd you find me? Matches in your purse. They were from this hotel. I checked the initials on the bag with the register. D.K., Dorothy King, room 306. Holmes would call it elementary. You must be the shamus Glenda gave the bag to earlier this evening. That's right. How did you know? Well, she called me. She tell you she got it back? I feel a quiet streak coming on. I usually like women who don't talk much, but right now, you'd better start talking as fast as you can. Funny thing, this gun I got makes me lazy. Now, get out of here. Baby, baby, I got a big, fat surprise for you. Yeah? Yeah. My gun makes bigger holes than yours. Huh? What do you think I'm doing with my right hand, keeping it warm? Oh, don't give me that. You ain't got nothing but a big finger in that pocket. Oh! Surprise. Next time, I make it count. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Sure. Drop it. Now, that's better. Kick it over here. All right. Please, I didn't kill Glenda. Where's the purse? I ain't got it, Honest. Well, who has? Now, look, baby, I'm in a bad mood. Honest, I don't know. That's right. She don't, mister. Stan. Well, you certainly know some pretty ugly company, Dottie. I don't know if I like that. You don't? Maybe I can word it a little different. Stan, he's a private cop. He come up here and tried to shove me around. Well, you should have done it, Shamus. Would have saved me the trouble. What do you mean, huh? Why, you're no good cheap double-crosser. Al and me saw you slip the bag to that old dame, and Al got killed trying to get her from this Shamus. I didn't kill Al. No, the old dame did it. I went up to the office and found him dying. He told me she'd done it. What are you going to do? Well, the organization don't like being crossed. I got the purse from the old dame and paid her off for killing poor old Al. Now I got to pay you off. I got a surprise for you, too, Stanley. Yeah. You try anything, you'll have more holes on you than a fishnet. He's got a gun in his pocket. Well, well look at his that... pocket, wise guy. Oh, gee, I wish Al was here. He'd know what to do. Come on, shoot him. Shoot him. Stan's got it coming. Looks like it's a tie. No sense in both of us getting killed. Yeah. Yeah, you you plug me, and I'll nail you before I go down. Don't listen to him. I think he's got a point. What are you going to do? That's up to him. Yeah, as Al would say, a hurried departure is in order. I'll take care of you later, Doc. Huh? Uh, goodbye, all. <laughs> it's pretty good. Al would like that. Don't let him get away. Stop him. You stop him. All right, baby. 
Where is he going with that purse? If I tell you, will you give me a chance to get out of town? I can't do anything about that. When I leave, you're on your own. Technically, you haven't done anything the law could hold you for. I haven't? No, but that won't stop me from pushing you around. Now, let's have the story. If Stan hasn't been there already, he's headed for a locker in the subway station at 34th Street. What's in the locker? $100,000 in counterfeit bills. Oh. Oh, baby. Counterfeit. You have been naughty. Now, Papa, we'll have to keep you on ice for the cops. Get in the closet. Please, give me a break. Sorry, honey. Get in. Ouch, you're hurting me. I went down to the night clerk and told him to tell Lieutenant Levinson when he got there about the blonde in the closet of room 306. The subway wasn't far, but Stanley had a head start and he was in a hurry. I ran the rest of the way. I went down the steps. A train was just pulling out when I spotted him. He'd just taken a bundle out of one of the lockers, and as he turned to go, I walked up behind him. Hello, Stanley. What? What you got in the box? The shawmas. Here, you take it. Oh. He tossed the package in my face and started running for the exit. But a crowd of people blocked his way, and when he saw me come up with my gun, he changed his mind. He turned and vaulted the turnstile, and I ducked behind the row of lockers. He had a gun, too. I tried to get a clear shot at him, but there were too many people. And then the frightened little guy did a stupid thing. He jumped down on the tracks and started running up the tunnel. Oh, look at that fool man. He's jumped down on the tracks. Stanley, come back here. You can't get anywhere that way. You sit in, Mac. He's running uptown on the downtown side. Here's a corny line. Stop or I'll shoot. You won't get me. Stan. Look out. There's a train coming. Look out. No! Oh, Mr. Diamond, come in. Hello, Francis. Is Miss Asher all right? She's better, sir. She's lying down in the study. How's the jaw? Oh, I feel better, sir. This ice bag is helping the swelling. I'll be in the pantry if you need me, sir. I'll try not to. Hi. Hi. Well, poor little baby. Yes, poor little baby. You're lucky he didn't mark you out. <laughs> oh, I'll get it. Francis is nursing his face. Asher residence. Let me talk to Diamond if he's there. He is. Rick? Mm-hmm. Now you listen to me. I've been chasing your conquests all over town. I end up down in the subway station. and notice gets stuck in the turnstile. Don't you think it'd be nice to put the police department in on something once in a while? Oh, sure, sure. Right now, I'm at 975 Park Avenue, nursing a beautiful redhead back to health. Oh, did you find the blonde in the closet? Yeah, I got the whole story from her. You want to hear it? I guessed most of it. She was fencing for a counterfeit ring, and she tried to cross them. The key to the locker was in that purse. Yeah, in the compact, under the pancake makeup. She and old Glenda used to do a duet together before they both got sent up. When the blonde got out, she started working for a counterfeit mob. They'd stashed the dough in different subway lockers around town and used her to make the contacts. So she figured she could use the 100000 Well, nothing like being in business for yourself. She was afraid to pick it up herself, so Ricky. she slipped the purse to Glenda like she'd just forgotten it. Ricky. Yes, dear? Are you listening to me? I just stopped. Bye, Walt. What? Now, wait a... What is it, baby? I want some sympathy. Sure, sure. What would you like, lover? Sing something. Oh, come on, baby. We can do without that. No, I want you to. I'm sick, and invalids should be pampered. Uh, let me rub your head or something. Afterwards. I want you to sing. Oh, but it's late, baby. Well, then sing softly. Sing me to sleep. Oh, honey. I'll get mad, and you'll have to buy me a present. Ah, uh, Okay. 
Shell shocked if you fried potatoes. Rick. What is it, baby? Come here. Oh. You do need pampering. have just heard Richard Diamond, Private Detective, starring Dick Powell. Helen was played by Virginia Gregg, Lieutenant Levinson by Ed Begley. Also in our cast were Wilms Herbert, Betty Lou Gerson, Jane Morgan, Jack Crucian, High Averback, Herb Butterfield, and Wally Mayer. Music was under the direction of David Baskerville. Richard Diamond is written by Blake Edwards and directed by William P. Rousseau. Now, this is Eddie King inviting you to be with us again at the same time next week when we will again bring you Dick Powell as Richard Diamond, Private Detective. This program has come to you transcribed from Hollywood. This is NBC, the national broadcasting company. Thank you for listening. Tomorrow night, it's The Great Gildersleeve, followed by The Maltese Falcon, presented by the Screen Guild Theater. Thanks to Joel Schoenwell and Paul Stringer for technical support. The executive producer for Theater of the Mind is Moses Neimer. I'm Frank Proctor. Have a great night. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.